thank you to uh, my friend. Um, Paul has uh, kind of uh, transitioned from being a mentor to a colleague and now a friend. And I count both Pastor Paul and Pastor Andy as dear friends and had the opportunity to meet and I want to honor also the new pastors of this house, of this community, um, JR and Tess. Come on, show some love, show some love. Show some more love. Thank you. Um, boy, it's a pleasure to be with you on today. Um, you know, when you come to church, you don't want it just to be a traditional or religious exercise. You want to make sure that you have the opportunity to encounter God's presence. And um, as, as we were worshiping this morning, um, I thought about a, uh, a dream, and I hope I don't get myself in trouble in light of my time, so let's watch that. I thought about a dream that a friend of mine shared with me, and she had shared that they were in a stadium worshiping God, and the presence of the Lord kind of got to like a level that everyone felt, okay, we, we did an awesome job of worship today, you know? And, and everyone sat down, and after everyone sat down, the presence of the Lord came into the stadium in this radical way. And it was like a new level of worship and praise, a different level experientially of God's presence. So I encourage you to press into God's presence. I guess, JR, here's the mic, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> to, to, to press into God's presence. Know that there are multiple levels of worship. There are multiple levels of praise. There are multiple levels as it relates to experiencing God's presence. So press in. I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 I'm, 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 a, I'm sorry. I'm a sports fan. I love tennis, basketball. So when, when my team scores or someone serves an ace, I like fall out of the chair and I'm yelling, yo, so, and in my days before serving God, I clubbed hard. I don't know about you all, but when I was clubbing, I was clubbing. So when I worship, I worship. <laughs> okay, second. Okay, all right. Uh. When I serve the world, I serve the world hard. So when I worship God, I worship God hard. I press in. I, I, I don't know what God has done for you, but God has done a lot for me, of which I am glad. So when you have the opportunity to come before God, Press in. You know, you don't, you don't, you can't imagine the things that can happen. The meeting of your desires and your requests and the meeting of your needs when you're in God's presence and you press into God's presence. Amen? Yes. Ah, gee, uh -huh. 
you asked me to be here, right? Okay. Um, I don't know. There's so much. I was praying about what I wanted to share with you all on today, and there's so much on my heart and mind for this house. But um, join me in prayer, and you can remain seated. Father God, I thank you for, for this house, for Liberty Brooklyn, oh God. I thank you for the leadership here, oh God. I thank you both for Pastor Paul and Andy and the leadership that you've assigned to this house, J.R. and Tess. Lord, bless them. Bless each and every family represented in this house today. As has been shared, Lord, you know the requests even before they've been uttered and spoken. So meet them, oh God. And Lord, um, prepare the hearts to receive what you've given me to share on today. And God, let the words that you've given me be imbued and just lifted up and carried by your spirit. And let that word find good ground in the hearts of those that have gathered, gathered here on today, that it might be transformative in all of our lives. These things I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Okay, let's see. Um, there are two. Uh, I need you all to release me to be me on today. <laughs> I need you all to release me to be me. Will you do that for me? Will you release me to let me be myself on today? Thank you. There are two related things I want to share with you on today. Um, first, many of us have been struggling emotionally over the past few months. Um, our country is experiencing a tremendous amount of change. Many of us are wrestling with a host of important issues, such as affordable health care, immigration, education, and mass incarceration. In this season of uncertainty, people on both sides of the political fence are experiencing anxiety and stress. Navigating this season of change is not easy. Leading through this season of certain uncertainty is even more difficult. This is true for us, whether we provide leadership in our homes, on our jobs, in our communities, in the church, Leading in times of transition is tricky. I said, leading in times of transition is tricky. Second, I want to encourage each and every one of you. God has called each of us to make a difference in the world. And I should have got an amen after that. <laughs> God has called each of us to make a difference in this world. So... I'm here today to let you all know it's your turn. I want to share with you a story from the Old Testament that speaks, I think, to both points. If you grew up in the church, you might be familiar with the story. Um, but here's a little context for you. Our story is found in the book of Joshua. The book bears the name of its leading character. Uh, and as we will see, Joshua was commissioned as the next leader following Moses' death. 
Since their exodus out of bondage in Egypt, the children of Israel have been wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. God promised, though, God's promise, though, was not just to bring them out of bondage, but to lead them into a better land. During those 40 years, the older generation had died off. We now find them, however, encamped on the border of the promised land. But Moses has died. Joshua is left to lead, actually, a nation of millennials. Joshua is left, JR, to lead a nation of millennials. Our story takes place at the end of a 30-day period of mourning following Moses' death. And as you will note, our story begins during a time of transition and a season of uncertainty. Do we have the scriptures? After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon. Go on. And from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the west, no one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you, nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous. Somebody say, be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous, be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Repeat it the second time. Be strong and courageous. That's the second time, right? Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the left, to the right, or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go, that you may be successful wherever you go. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night. Meditate, Daryl. Meditate on it day and night. So that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Third time, have I not commanded you, what? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. The third time, and this time, it's a commandment. Be strong and courageous. One of my favorite thought leaders is Seth Godin. Uh, Seth has written 17 bestsellers, has started several businesses, and is considered by many to be a marketing guru. Um, the title of his recent book, though, What to Do When It's Your Turn, 
is, a, is I want to utilize that title to frame our talk on today. What to do when it's your turn? What do you do when it's your turn? In our story, we find Joshua despondent and grieving. His mentor is dead. He is an untested leader called to lead a nation of millennials into an uncertain future, JR. But there is an undeniable opportunity. They are encamped on the border of something God has promised them. They are standing on the edge of their destiny. But giants are in the land. And the task seems impossible. Joshua doesn't feel prepared already. And this is not just for JR. Joshua doesn't feel prepared or ready. He is struggling emotionally during this time of tremendous change. And he's likely experiencing anxiety and stress. But yet, in the midst of all of that, God tells him, it's your turn. In the midst of anxiety, in the midst of stress, in the midst of obstacles, in the midst of feeling not prepared, God tells him, it's your turn. Liberty Brooklyn, it's your turn. As I've implied, the same is true for many of us. We too are living in a time of transition and a season of uncertainty. Many of us are despondent as a result of things that have been going in on our nation, Many of us are experiencing anxiety and stress. The task before many of us seem daunting and impossible. But many of us are called to be change agents. And we don't feel ready. Yet God also declares to us, it's your time. It's your time to lead. It's your time to speak up. It's your time to build a following. It's your time to market a product. It's your time to make a connection. It's your time to solve an interesting problem. It's your time to write, sing, invent, create, or ask an important question. It's your time to launch a, pro a project. It's your time to organize a protest, Daryl. <laughs> it's your time to open the door for someone. It's your time to question authority. It's your time to start a blog, start a podcast, make a short film, direct, produce, or create. It's your time to learn a new skill. It's your time to help someone who needs you. It's your time to be missed if you're gone. You may not feel ready. The task may seem impossible, but like Joshua, I've come here today to share with you that it's your turn. 
So what can we learn from this story? What insights could we gain as it relates to what to do when it's our turn? I want to highlight three areas. Verse 2 through 3 of our scriptures on today states, Moses, my servant, is dead. So arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land which I am giving them. Every place upon which the sole of your feet shall tread, there have I given you, as I promised Moses. Okay, number one. Hmm. Let me slow down so this can sink in. A God-inspired idea will often exceed your human capacity to accomplish it. Let me go over here. A God-inspired idea will often exceed your human capacity to accomplish it. That, that's actually one way you know whether it's a God-inspired idea. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, yeah, I definitely I felt that. <laughs> I felt the arm kind of. <laughs> if it's something that you feel readily confident in your capacity to accomplish it apart from God, it's likely not a God-inspired idea. Okay, let me go back on this side. So, it's going to be important to recognize the fundamental difference between being ready and being prepared. It's going to be critically important to understand the fundamental difference between being ready and being prepared. We all have to do due diligence as it relates to preparation. If you study the scriptures that preceded the book of Joshua, you see that Joshua came up in the ranks to the point where he was serving as Moses' assistant before he stepped into leadership. There is a time and, there is a time and period for preparation, but most of us rarely feel fully ready. I don't know about you, but if... In my experience, every big project that's come my way as God has grown me from one level to the next, I've never felt fully ready. Even though each of us have a responsibility to be prepared. So it's going to be critically important to recognize the fundamental difference between being ready and being prepared. Find the need, prepare, trust God, take action, with the emphasis being on take action. It's your turn. Find the need, prepare, trust God, take action. You all have heard this phrase, be the change you want to see. I hope I'm encouraging somebody on today. Be 
be the change in spite of how impossible it seems, in spite of how difficult it seems, in spite of the obstacles that seem to be in the way, find a need, prepare, trust God, take action, be the change. This world desperately needs you all. This world desperately needs, this moment that we're in now, desperately needs you all. I can't, you know, it's like, you almost just kind of, just the tears. This world, this world desperately needs us to be the change we want to see. Number two, be prepared for what Seth Godin calls the dip. Joshua experienced the dip. He had not foreseen that Moses would die before they entered the promised land. It was an unforeseen circumstance. It was a blip in the plan, right? But yet, in our story, and we've already noted it in the reading of the text, God tells Joshua three times to what? Be strong and courageous. Not once, not twice. Okay, get out. Three, three times a lady popped in my head. Okay. Ah, brain. Not once, not twice, but three times. I can't get it out now. <laughs> and the last time, it was a command. It was, it was like, can you, can you see? It was like, what in the world is up with that? It was a command. Be, I'm, it was like, I'm commanding you. Be strong and courageous. So why? God knew he would face situations that could cause him to be discouraged or afraid. God knew he would experience the dip. I um, have a colleague who was um, very involved in um, one of the campaigns. And um, I spoke with her just um, a couple of weeks ago. And even as recent as a couple of weeks ago, she was like, Cedric, uh, I'm really despondent. You know, I'm having trouble sleeping. She's like, I'm not sleeping a, a whole night. You know, I'm sleeping like in two hour segments. She wasn't prepared for the dip. So much of what we are taught about failure is at best misleading. If we read, we 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 you know we're we're on social media, we're on Instagram, right? And we see the best. You know, we we see we see the success, right? We 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 see we see our best foot and face forward, but. If we read the narratives of any successful person, there are multiple failures that occur before the success. 
Read, read anybody's story. You know, you know re anyone's story. You can go back to uh, Edison with the uh, developing of the light bulb up to as recently as, um, as uh, Gates. If you look at the backstory, there are always multiple, every success is littered, the road is littered with, littered with failures. So we need to reframe even how we think about, yeah. you, know, like, <laughs> to, to, you all know this story, right? Peter getting out of the boat to walk on the water. You don't ever experience the possibility of getting out of the boat unless you're willing to risk sinking. You've got to risk it to do anything great and awesome for God. You've got to be willing to risk it. But here's one key. Ground your hope in God. Not in the political system, not in the markets. Ground your hope in a God that remains faithful and unchanging. A God that's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Okay, let me, let me move along here. Does it make any sense? But he, <laughs> God is not surprised by the ebbs and flows of the financial markets. God is not caught off guard by the results of the last election cycle. And though all things are not necessarily good, the Bible says that God bends the arc of history in such a way that all things work together for good for those that love him and are called according to his purpose. Don't give up when the person you campaigned for didn't get elected, when the proposal wasn't approved, when the first protest march didn't yield results. Be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid or dismayed. As the songwriter wrote, build your hope on things eternal. Ground your hope in the unfailing love, mercy, and justice of God. And the last point and we'll be done for today. You've got to address the noise inside your head. I saved the best one for last. You've got to address the noise inside your head. Often our greatest battles are internal in our minds. Let me say it. Often our greatest battles are internal in our our mind. We question ourselves. We limit ourselves unconsciously based on what we were told in our families growing up. We limit ourselves according to what our friends tell us. We limit ourselves according to what the society tells us. We fall, often fall into what Andy Stanley calls the comparison trap comparing ourselves with others. We focus on what we don't have. We fail to see ourselves the way God sees us. Verse 8 says, This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, 
but you shall meditate on it day and night. The only reliable way to quiet the noise in our minds and to find our footing is to change the story we tell ourselves, to build an internal foundation, an internal foundation, I would argue, built upon God's word. Um, do we have Romans 12, 12 and 2? Here's the key. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And I'm about to close. God desires us to see ourselves and our situation from his perspective. Let me try that again. God desires to see the limitless possibilities, the limitless possibilities we have as a relate, as a, as a result of being joined vitally to him. The more I walk with God, the more I come to not understand cognitively, but deep in my soul that all things really are possible to him that believes. The more I take the time to draw close to God, to sit in his presence, to, to chew on and mull over, his promises to understand his heart, the more I understand that the love he has for us goes beyond anything I could imagine. And he really, he, you know, what he really meant what he said that all things are possible to him who believes. You know, it's like we, you know, what do we do with Jesus? What, what do we do with the statement the works that you do, that we do, will be greater because he goes unto the Father. What do we do with that statement? <laughs> you know, what, what, we, what is it? Is, a, is it a metaphor? Is it hyperbole? Jesus, before he left this earth, stated that the works that we do, that we will be capable of doing greater works. What? What would the church look, what would the world look like? What would the entertainment world look like? What would the, what would the fashion world look like? What would media look like? What would the education sphere look like if there were enough of us that really believe that we could do greater works in those spheres? What would the music world look like? What would finance, the finance world look like? If we really, really took God at God's word and believed that we, would do, we are able to do greater works in those spheres, imagine how it would change New York City's culture. Oh my God. Imagine, imagine that. Imagine how 
And with New York City being the crossroads, the cultural capital of the world, see, see, that's why, and I didn't know if I was gonna share this or not, that's why this community is so important. That's why this community is so important. You have the opportunity to change the culture and a city that can change the culture of the world. It's not a joke. God, and quite frankly, part of my connection with Pastor Paul and Pastor Andy, for me, is a recognition that God is already aligning who he needs to align to bring about that change. You are part, you have an opportunity as being part of this community to be a participant. If that doesn't blow your mind that you have the opportunity to change a city that can change the world, I don't know what will. That is what is at stake here. It's your turn. It really is. So don't be dismayed. A, a number of us have gone through a, a lot over the past couple of weeks and months trying to navigate it all, trying to make sense of it all. I know for many of us, again, regardless of which side of the political fence you stand, we're trying to figure it all out, right? But know that if you're connected with this house, and if you are connected with the God of this house, you have the opportunity to be part of a community that can change the city, that can change the world. Thank you for listening to the Liberty Church Podcast. If you are in New York City or will be visiting the New York area soon, please be our guest on Sunday. For service times and locations, please visit libertychurchnyc.com.